And so stores like J. Crew have partnered with ThreadUp, so secondhand stores for secondhand clothing options and stuff like that, and they're way less expensive. So I think what's on people's mind now is saving money and being sustainable. And so I think Rent the Runway comes into that, but I I honestly think boutiques are going to need to pivot with that because a lot of their merchandise is super expensive and the quality isn't amazing. University of Alabama's Colorado's College of Business is Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories from the people both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens on the show today, Mary Groninger. Mary is a student at the University of Alabama studying both fashion, retail, and marketing. We talk about her experience as the National Retail Federation Student Association president, as well as what brought her to Alabama and why she chose to go into the fashion industry. I hope you enjoy. I'm good. How are you? Doing great. So rumor has it, this is your first podcast, correct? That rumor would be true. Okay. So we'll get started. We'll just cover all the bases. What year are you in school? I am a junior. Junior. What are you studying in school? I am a dual major. So I'm studying marketing and fashion retailing. Okay. So for someone with no fashion sense whatsoever, why would you combine those two slash what made you want to do both those? Well, first, your fashion sense is good, so don't sell yourself short. Second, I kind of wanted to combine the two. Fashion is my passion, and then marketing kind of helped my dad sleep at night. So I just merged the two and kind of worked out that way. And the industry, as I've learned, flows that way anyways. So it worked out. You know, I like what you did with rhyming fashion, fashion right there. Fashion, thanks. I mean, real marketer would know how to do that well. (laughs) So, so you're originally from... Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, correct? yep. Pittsburgh. What was it like growing up there? Did you live there your entire life? Did you move around? Tell me about where you came from. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Pittsburgh my whole life, born and raised there, and my parents still live there. I love Pittsburgh. Very special place in my heart. Big Steelers fan. Yinzer forever. And growing up there was great. It was very homey and easy and kind of slow paced. My whole dad's side of my family lived there. So it felt just very comfortable for me. And I had a great childhood there and I love going back there on breaks. So it was honestly like the best place to grow up in my opinion, minus the rain and like the cloudy weather. But other than that, I have only good things to say. And the cold and like the six months of the year where it's not the best time to live. <laughs> Maybe. That's why I came down to South for yes. the, the winters. Going back to when you're in high school, obviously a lot of people sort of find themselves what they're interested in, different avenues that they want to go in in life while they're in high school. How would you describe yourself in high school? Were you really involved, extroverted, or were you more like, I want to study and stay in the library like I did? I was so extroverted. I was like on student council. I had like some, a lot of friends and I liked going out with my friends. I didn't really like to sit still. I was involved in a lot of sports. And I think that my two older sisters kind of helped me become that way because I was able to make friends with kids that were older than me and it just felt kind of natural. So I had a good time in high school. I did spend some time in the library, but I was mainly talking the majority of the time I was in the library. So not a lot of studying, but a lot of talking. Oh, that's why librarians did not like you. Let's just say that. What sports did you play when you were in high school? I played golf and basketball. I played basketball freshman to my junior year and then I quit and focused on golf. I played golf freshman to senior year. Awesome. Very unique. I don't know many people who play golf at that level, which 
My handicap is way above yours. I'll say that. <laughs> now, coming from Pittsburgh to Alabama, what's that connection? Because that's a long flight slash long drive right there. Yeah. The pipeline's really my older sister. She kind of started the moving down south. She was four years older than me, so we were never in high school together. But I started liking Alabama when I was in seventh grade because they were in the national championship and I just wanted to bandwagon off team. And then, yeah. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to take a look at Alabama. Decided to go there and I was so mad at her because she stole my school. And so I knew that from then on, it would just look like I followed her here. But now I'm so proud that I followed her here because she really did pave the way for me in a lot of ways. So I got to visit her when I was in high school and it just made that transition super easy. And the fact that she was never here when I was here also made it kind of cool for me to make my own experience here, but also have the connections that she made to fall back on. So it felt comfortable for me, but I loved visiting her in high school. So it it was an easy decision to come down here myself. Coming to Alabama with a blank slate, but still having knowledge of the school and sort of like the ins and outs of being a student in Alabama, what did you choose to get involved in when you were a freshman here? Yeah. So first thing first, I rushed a sorority. I actually ended up rushing the same sorority as my oldest sister. So I'm in Alpha Chi Omega. And that from there really opened so many doors for me. I came into college just as a marketing major. And then through Alpha Chi, I was able to meet an older girl who had dual majored as well in fashion retailing and marketing. And I had a couple lunches with her and just kind of discussed her class schedule and her plate and how she feels about dual majoring and how she feels that those connect. And So she really mentored me a lot into changing my major. And then from there, I got involved in NRFSA through a sorority sister as well, who's been a big mentor for me. So honestly, I have that really to thank for every outlet that I've explored here at college. So for us people who are naive and don't know all the the slang terms, what is NRFSA? NRFSA is National Retail Federation Student Association. It's a lot of words right there. Can you break down what you guys do and sort of like what your focus is? Yes. Yeah. It's a mouthful and even our members still mess it up and my parents still mess it up, but it's okay. Basically, the spiel that I give people is that we're a professional development club. So for anybody that's wanting to go into the retail industry. So basically what we do is we go over resumes. We go over how does your LinkedIn look? What are your hits that you're hitting on in your interviews? And how are you really marketing yourself to people in your elevator pitches and all that good stuff? And so we kind of want to make that job process and internship process a little less intimidating if you want to go into the retail industry. So we have kind of a focus in that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know a few people that actually had a trip, I want to say, here soon. Was that you guys? Yes, that was. We went to New York City in January for three days. Where was my invite? Jeez, I want to go to New York City. So what were you guys doing in New York City? Yeah. So we were attending the National Retail Federation student program. So they put it on every year, but the past two years, they haven't been able to just because of COVID. So I was super excited to get to go. It was my first time. That's awesome. So what does that look like for you guys when you go there? Who's involved? What do you guys attend? And what's the goal of the whole trip? Yeah. So we took, I think the whole school, Alabama as a whole, maybe took 18 to 25 kids, which was the biggest group that they've ever taken. And then NRFSA took about 10 of our members in that 25. And so that was really cool and just super fun to see the members out of 
Alabama and just see us network and us work together in New York and stuff like that. So it basically entailed us flying in on a Thursday, flying out on a Sunday. And the second we stepped foot in New York, it was just chaos, but good chaos. It was running around everywhere to, we had tours and talks. So we got tours of private or private tours of stores like Nordstrom's and Macy's and Bloomingdale's that they had only for the student program. Then we talked to executives from these big retail companies and they gave us kind of some tips and tricks about the industry that they've learned. And we listened to other speakers. We actually listened to a live tape of a podcast called Retail Gets Real. And that was really interesting. And then we had a career fair at the end. So basically went up to booths and mark and network it networked with the recruiters. Okay. And did you happen to land something for the summer out of that? So I made some connections and I'm interviewing currently. So can't speak on it yet, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks. That's what we're talking about. Good luck with those interviews. (laughs) If you need any help, I'm sure you got someone to help you out with that. Now, breaking down more of your personal story. Fashion is a big thing in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I I came in, I didn't know a single thing about Greek life or whatsoever. But let's just say being involved in move-in and stuff like that through housing. I see everyone dressing up for sorority rush, all this kind of stuff. What kind of fashion did you bring to college and how do you have you seen that change over the past couple of years? That's such a Good question. Because so in high school, I wasn't that into fashion. I kind of wore sweatpants every day. I was more, you know, if we got to wear our sweatsuit for basketball before the game, that's what I liked to wear to school. It was just easy. It was a uniform. And that's that's kind of what I stuck to. And then when I came down to college, I honestly saw how impactful fashion is down here. Even if my fashion sense may be a little bit different than I'd say the Southern fashion, I see how important it is to people and how people really express themselves that way. And I think that I was really moved myself by that. So my friends kind of make fun of me because I had this routine freshman year where I would go on the river walk and I would get myself to go on the river walk because there were a couple boutiques along the river walk. And so if I walked there, then I could go into the boutique, maybe buy something, and then I'd always come back with a bag. So my friends would be like, you just went to work out and now you're coming back with a bag from a boutique. But it just showed me how accessible fashion is down here and how big of a deal it is. So that's something that I, I never really thought of is that boutique idea. So like these specialty stores that are in Tuscaloosa that pretty much service I'm not going to say just one type of client, but are very focused in their selection of clothes because retail is a high turnover business. You have a lot of inventory that goes stale after six months to a year, maybe. How have you seen yourself interacting with boutiques since being a student here? And what do you think is a common theme amongst people that are involved in the Greek life with boutiques? Yeah, that's a great question too. The boutiques down here are something like I've never seen before. And I think I'm actually a student researcher and we're looking into the retail apocalypse. So why do boutiques in small towns do so well versus big department stores like Belk? And the real thing that I think I can draw back to is the girls, the sorority girls, the events that they have, the amount of times it you have to dress up in a month is crazy. And the places that you can buy stuff for here are numerous. And so I think that just between game days and date parties and events and everything like that, that's why boutiques thrive so much. And I think they also thrive because people value uniqueness down here. And so boutiques 
can buy from wholesalers that won't sell to main department stores. So you'll see stuff in a boutique that you can't find anywhere else. And so I think that people like that a lot down here. There has been an emergence of sort of renting slash limited selection kind of subscription boxes in the retail industry that's exploded. Rent the Runway was probably one of the yes. biggest ones that came out in the past decade or so. Why do you think sorority girls or just women at Alabama in general don't utilize those services as often as maybe a career woman or a professional woman might use it after graduation? Yes. So I'm actually glad that you asked that because I myself am a huge subscriber to Rent the Runway, but that's only something that I've done in the past couple months, which is kind of crazy considering that I'm a junior. So I've been going to these events weekly, honestly, for two years and I haven't thought to rent. And I think that there's a big switch now in that renting is cool because renting, you rent something, you post in it, you return it and you never have to wear it again. But people saw you in it on social media or you felt special that night, but you didn't break the bank for it. And I also think that a big deal with that is sustainability too. So renting now, it may not seem like it, but it's the thing now. I have personally, I and my friends haven't shopped at a boutique in months. Really? Yeah. Renting, renting is where it's at because it's sustainable. It's cost effective and you wear different things. So it's honestly a win, win, win. I think I'm not going to speak for everybody because boutiques still do well down here, but I, I really think renting is going to be the big thing. See, I, I think a lot of people thought that as well and rent the runway ran to a, a huge problem in the past couple I'd say years, but it was past year or so. There are stories that came out about liquidity issues inside the company. So buying these assortment of clothes that can be everything from pants to coats to dresses and everything in between cost them such a fixed cost you know, to invest to buy those products, even at a discount rate from, let's say, a wholesaler to then rent is that they may be good after two or three uses, but then they get ruined or mm-hmm. something might happen to them. Do you think that is a profitable industry to get into or do you think there needs to be some kind of difference maker or technology that comes out in manufacturing to make it viable for mass use? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I think that, you know, they're going to run into those issues. It's a relatively younger company. I myself, just being a subscriber, have seen ways that they've pivoted around that. So, There's a lot of info as to if you get something stained, what happens if you rip something, what happens if you don't return it on time, stuff like that. So I think logistics wise, they're maybe working those kinks out. But I also think for other stores, they're realizing that honestly, sustainability is a big deal on people's minds. And so stores like J. Crew have partnered with ThreadUp, so secondhand stores for secondhand clothing options and stuff like that. And they're way less expensive. So I think what's on people's mind now is saving money and being sustainable. And so I think Rent the Runway comes into that. But I I honestly think boutiques are going to need to pivot with that because a lot of their merchandise is super expensive and the quality isn't amazing. And I think that brands are starting to expose that. And so I'll be interested to see how boutiques continue to do. So let's take Mary as the consultant. (laughs) So you're walking into a boutique, let's say 
They just have a normal selection, normal staff. They're being run like they have been run for the past 10 years. What would be your recommendation for a boutique in order to pivot to capitalize on this opportunity going into the future? Yeah, I think that honestly, a rental service for the boutiques, because like I said, the majority of the girls that buy these things are wearing them for maybe one, maybe two wears. So I think it's really advantageous to allow them to buy the thing and then, and then return it. I think that that's really cool. I also think that just implementing different styles into the boutiques would be worthwhile because the Southern style is very different. And I'm sure the puffy sleeves and the big earrings, they do go a long way down here, but I think that people are kind of changing their styles a little bit. And so I haven't really seen a boutique down here that doesn't do the champagne earrings or the sparkly tennis shoes or something like that. So that's just something personally that I would like to see more of. Like I said, they're still doing well, but I think that a rental service would, would really be successful. That's Mary Groninger, marketing and fashion retail student here at the Culverhouse College of Business. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to the show wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Colorado's college business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide.